Welcome to Exorcism with me, Andy McCarl, and on today's show I have the honour, the pleasure, the privilege of speaking to the stars of the incredible All of Us Strangers, Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. They were everything you would hope they would be. If you've seen the countless charming interviews the two have done together, I can confirm it is not an act. They are as nice and as genuine in real life and just two messers that you could see. If they were in class together, the teacher would be just like, here, these two are not sitting together. So without any further ado, here's my chat with Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Enjoy. absolutely love the film it's it's obviously it's incredibly layered um like uh, i lost my mother recently so i was kind of really attracted to the, the conversations yeah. with you and your mother and then i'm going to be a dad for the first time so then Are i was kind of having the, oh, wow. the conversation with you with the find resonated did much change between like your first reading of the script making the film and then obviously getting to see the film what you took and what your interpretation of the story was well i think it's because what's really surprising to us is the at the broad spectrum of audience members because people go, like you're just saying, or it could be someone who's going through grief or someone's about to be a parent. Everyone has a relationship yeah, with yeah, yeah. A parenthood, whether they, their parents or somebody at some point has had a parent or will be a parent. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole section of people, uh, people LGBT people who um, react to that side of the thing. So it's got, it's got this enormous breadth of humanity to it. Um, so... That's, I think, the thing that I feel is the thing, now that it's going out to audience members, is just how wide the scope of it and how it affects so many different types of people. Obviously, you have incredible chemistry with each other, but I think it does a bit of a disservice. Everyone just thinks, oh, they get on, this is going to show up on the screen. Like, the yeah. relationship you have in the film is very different, I imagine, to yeah, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. you have now. Yeah. Do you get much time to work on that? Is it difficult to work on that? It depends on the director. I think with this... And actually, thank you for saying that, because I think what people can confuse sometimes is that chemistry that people have outside of a filming context should feel different to the relationship on screen if the actors mm. are doing their job correctly. Yeah. I think with Andrew Haig on this, he was... I think he trusted us to do the work actually kind of when the camera was turning over, yeah. for the most part, because yeah. like, you do your preparation before it. But I think a lot of this is, is about... For our journey through the film, or my journey through the film, is the beginning of a, of a loving relationship. So that we benefited from kind of just jumping in and seeing where it would go, yeah, I think. Absolutely. From kind of the outside looking in, you're both actors, I feel that you're very much about the work and fame as this kind of you know, byproduct of that. When you're signing on to these kind of these bigger movies now, like the, there's rumors you're going to be playing James Bond, you've been in a Bond film as well yourself. Do you find yourself kind of second guessing? Do I want everything that comes with this? Like, uh, maybe next time after this, I won't be offered things like, you know, After Sun or, or All of Us Strangers. Does that come into your thinking when picking these kind of you know, bigger budget well, roles? Well, that, that's, that comes down to your relationship to artistic integrity. And the scale of the film is never the thing to chase. But there's films that I want to do that are $350 million, and there's films that I want to do that are $3 million. Yeah. And what's prescribed to those films is a, is a, is a kind of shinier badge that peop, more people will see. And of course, that brings a certain degree of fame. And I think, speaking for both of us, I think we have a very clear idea of what that means to us. And the important be thing being that we get to keep making work that we're really proud of. And that's the thing that we have to navigate. It'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. You know, It is a, definitely a consideration, you yeah. think. You know, I love that expression, fame is the mask that eats the face. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, isn't it good? Yeah. Because 
that's the thing because of course, like we all do, I'm, I'm sure I do it, but you know, you go to these big award shows and you see, what's actually kind of interesting about being in those award shows is you see this sort of, these human beings because yeah. you see, oh, there's a, like an, some icon who's just like waiting for a drink or somebody standing on their dress or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're seeing these people who are nervous, there's a huge amount of nervous energy and people who are vulnerable and that's a good thing to, to um, absorb. Um, but I, I, I do think, when, when it happens to you where people see oh, project some stuff onto you, that's, it's kind of an unsettling feeling. And you want to go, well, this is who I am. And yeah. you don't know who anybody is until yeah. you meet them and you yeah. encounter them. Um, so having a sort of a pre... Uh, I think that's the thing that's disturbing, people having a pre-existing sort of yeah. idea. Or people going, like, you don't want that, so why are you going to an award ceremony? It's because oh, you want to promote the film and yeah, the work and you want to champion... Your, it's, your it's your job. And you also, the thing that we are proud of is the thing that puts you in that room Anyway, so those things are celebrations, and look, it's confusing and a yeah. byproduct, and not the reason to chase work. I think. Yeah, and finally, the show is called Extra Vision, obviously named after the, the old video shop, but we have a section oh, called yeah. the Extra Rental. Extra Vision. And the concept is, if you were to go back into a video shop one more time and pick three movies, if you were hosting a party and let's say I was coming over, what three films would you put on? Do you remember the film SWAT with Colin Farrell? <laughs> yeah, it's on, yeah, I rented that film from Extra Vision, I'd say about 20 times. Wow. We would go in on it, because first, every time I watched it on the plane coming back from LA, I was like, this is so entertaining. <laughs> so I'd, I'd have to stick that in for a bit of crack. <laughs> what would you put in? Do you know what I'm thinking about my Extra Vision story? A friend of mine, years and years and years ago, it's probably about 15 years ago, I don't know when this film came out, rented a Sandra Bullock film called While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and I was supposed to bring it back, and I never did. And it was over the summer, it was like, it was around, I don't know when it was, and I remember going back and I found While You Were Sleeping. And I was like, this is overdue. But <laughs> How much did it cost? 360 quid. I'll never forget it, to bring it back. And I had to go, I was like, sorry, I have, I've been sleeping on While You Were Sleeping. And the person <laughs> in Extra Vision did not. Was Take not that. Um, 360 quid, but surely it gets to the point where they just go, it's 100 quid. Yeah, like well, that's just, what like, I thought. Like, it should be a Come cap. On. No, 360 so quid. you paid your fine, we'd still huh? be in business now. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. still be in business if you paid your fine. If you paid your fine, exactly. Extra Vision wouldn't have gone on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's not answering your question. Um, uh, SWAT, yeah, let's have a bit of SWAT. Let's have SWAT. Just yeah. satiate me on that. Um, um, okay, well, that's a, that gives us a bit of um, action. Do you want something sad? Can we put it? Yeah, could we put in? Could we put in the remains of the day? Yeah, that's the remains yeah. of the day. It's big, remains of the day, great one. And, and uh, what other genre do we need? Something I like. Do you like a horror film? No, I can't no, watch. I don't watch a horror film either. What about like a comedy? No, I don't like laughing. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, what about like a, a, a like great independent film, like a like a tyrannosaur? Oh, Tyrannosaur. Oh, Tyrannosaur. What a great movie. Yeah, nice. great film. We were just talking about Tyrannosaur. Yeah. Paddy Constantine. Yeah, yeah. Paddy Constantine. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, great great film. Unfortunately, time is up against us there. Really, really love me. I love the film. Thanks so Thank much. You, Thank Thank you. Andrew Scott and Paul Meskel there. I cannot emphasize enough that I have never felt less attractive than when I walked into a room and these two beautiful bastards are staring right at you. And you see those kind of those lad Bible chicken fillet roll, isn't it great to be Irish interviews? It's easy to think that all of us strangers is going to be this kind of lighthearted romance, you know, tap into that easy chemistry that the two of them just radiate. 
Instead, All of Us Strangers is one of the most layered, uplifting and devastating looks at grief, parenthood, isolation, love. And it's anchored by a career best performance by Scott. I can't believe he was snubbed in the Oscar nominations. He is absolutely incredible here. He plays a screenwriter, Adam, who's working on a script about his parents who died when he was 12. However, due to some kind of goodnight sweetheart-like magic, he can converse with them in his old family home. He's trying to come to terms with the, the literal and metaphorical ghosts of conversations and relationships that he never got to have with them. And it's during this period of self-exploration he encounters his neighbour Harry, who's played by Paul Meskell, and he appears to be the only other resident in this kind of imposing tower block in central London that they live in. And a relationship begins to blossom, and although the film, it is a love story, it's not a romantic love story. The focus is more on Scott kind of finding it within himself to have the capacity to give love and to accept love in return. It's just an incredible portrayal of the, the difficult process of long-term grief. And there's a, there's a great moment in the film when Adam, he's trying to fob off the effect that his parents' passing has had on him. He says, eh, that was a long time ago. And Harry's response, Paul Meskels, is just, yeah, I don't think that really matters though, does it? And it's just this like shotgun blast to anyone who knows that difficulty. Of, you know, you're trying not to let the, the past sadness or past events affect your future happiness. And it's literally that there's so many, I'm dying to see it again, because there's so many of these great lines that really, really resonate. And, and director Andrew Haig, who wrote the script as well, he has this kind of, it's almost like a dreamlike melancholy state throughout. It's, it's punctuated with an endlessly playable soundtrack. The soundtrack is absolutely incredible, including the, the last song of the film is a real gut punch. And he does something that's very, very difficult. He manages to craft a film that's deeply personal to each viewer for a multitude of different reasons. Even me myself, like it was constantly evolving throughout what I was getting from the film, what I thought it was about, what he was trying to convey, what I was feeling. And that just kept changing after the film finished. And it's a really, really difficult thing to do. I think Past Lives last year done that really well. It's just, it's a very personal film to each person for something completely different. And I, got to speak to them about that and he said it's great to hear people having different interpretations or different um experiences through the film like it, it's just it's hard to emphasize it's just really profound it's personal cathartic just thinking to yourself of some of like the rawest events and emotions you can experience and seeing on screen somebody yeah i get that i went through that too and it's it's great to see and it's someone who's you know kind of cynical and jaded with a lot of the, the the crap that's been coming out this just really just reaffirmed my love of films and that there's great films like this to be made and i really really hope it does well i was raging it didn't get the kind of the oscar bump that it deserved it's just the best way to describe it, it's a big cry of a movie you you know you know you have that feeling you just have a big cry and you just feel drained and exposed but ultimately you're just in a, a better place than when you started I, I'm I want to, I'm hesitant to say it's it's a five star film and I've kind of gone back and forth. I'm thinking to myself, am I giving it five stars because I met the lads because they were so great? But to be honest, I, I was given this five stars before any of that was even confirmed. And if anything, I'm kind of I lean more the other way to try and appear not to be biased. But it's it's impossible not to give this film five stars. It is a, a modern classic with one of the all time great performances here andrew scott is just it's hard to overstate how good he is paul mescal is fantastic jamie bell who i think is 
he'd be one of my money ball actors now just someone who is just really underrated if you're putting like a, a squad together of, of budget players he'd be on that Claire Foy is exceptional as well and, and I really like the way Andrew Scott is actually older than the actors playing his parents it's a good layer to that remind me of a, a great moment in all, No Country for All Men uh, Tommy Lee Jones talking about the, the dream he has with his father and about how he is you know essentially the older man now it's a really interesting way of handling that relationship and one that I don't think I've seen before I could be wrong now but Andrew Hay he avoids cliches wonderfully like you really get this sense of isolation without resorting to I'm sure anyone who's ever seen that you see the big city and the one person in the middle and then everyone is you know moving really fast in the background they're isolated all of that is avoided and I'm very curious to hear what people think was everyone I talked to it's just this kind of magic eye of a movie every time you look at it you know someone else will interpret it a different way and that's a sign of something really really profound that everyone who sees it gets something out of it. I haven't seen anyone who's watched the film come out and go, yeah, it was grand. It didn't do X, Y, and Z for me. Everyone has an opinion on it. Everyone has something that, that it gave them. And even if you like it or you don't like the film, the fact that it does that just shows what a, a powerful and impressive piece of filmmaking it is. And I'm really looking forward to see what, what Andrew Hay does next. Really looking forward to see what Andrew Scott does as well. You know, we've got the, the Ripley series coming out. Of course, Paul Meskel with Gladiator. i will be curious to see what his, the next phase of his career looks like. Because, as I said to him in the interview, you know, he most likely, if Gladiator 2 does well, he's not getting the script for All of Us Strangers next year. He's not getting the script for After Sun. It's very much going to be like the kind of the, the Russell Crowe model where, you know, he's not going to get Romper Stomper or even LA Confidential where he's the fourth lead in a film after Gladiator comes out. So I'm curious to see what role his career takes on next because he is someone who is destined for superstardom. And I hope he maintains that integrity much, well, to be fair, what Russell Crowe did initially doing films with, with, with Michael Mann and the likes. I can't see Mescal ending up in a, in a Marvel or a DC or a Star Wars film. I just don't think any of that would appeal to him. I think we're more likely to see him doing, you know, Hamlet down in the board gas for, for 50 quid a week than we would see him in, you know, budgeting a, a $500 million Batman movie. But um, again, it's something I'm really invested in now. And I hope to see more films like this on his resume as opposed to something like that. So that's it for this week. We will be discussing the Oscar nominations on our next episode, including the Andrew Scott Oliver Stranger snub. And will Oppenheimer break Titanic, Ben Hur, and return the King's record for the most wins in Oscar history? This week on Extravision, I have the extraordinarily good fortune of sitting down with Mr. Andrew Scott and Paul Meskel to discuss their new film, All of Us Strangers. If you can't already tell from our conversation, this film connected with me in ways I believe almost anyone can relate to. It was a genuine privilege to hear them speak about their process and about the film story. I hope you enjoy. Enjoy. 